Welcome to Location Matters, the podcast from NGIS, covering the world of mapping and location technology. NGIS have just had a team at the Google Cloud Summit in Sydney at the Carriage Works. This is a conference where Google get together all of their top talent and talk about all their new services for Google Cloud and uh, how that works for industry and how they can help them build what's next. We saw some fascinating sessions at the conference and we met some new Googlers we hadn't met before and they helped us join the dots. My name's Adam Mullett and I'm joined today by Richard Green and we were both at the Cloud Summit. This is episode 18 of Location Matters. Now, Richard, um, tell us, what was the most interesting thing you saw at the conference? Oh, well, for me, I have to say it was the uh, the rise and rise of machine learning. Uh, Google really are... Um, moving into this space they're just leveraging the experience that they've obviously made up over the last couple of years and they've just made the whole process of machine learning so much easier for people and far more accessible um i I also definitely for me was the the focus from google on uh, that they're want to become more partner focused i know we're 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 benefiting from that by uh, being a partner, but uh, they really seem to be more open to uh, people working with them and uh, and making their platform more open and available. I mean, partner focus, thats that, like you said, it sounds really good for us. I mean, I can understand it as well. This stuff's not as easy as you'd think to, to get your head around the first time, especially if you're not you know, deep into the technology. So I can understand that. And one thing that they're encouraging us to do is really specialize hard and and to work with other companies that we normally wouldn't talk to in order to present really great solutions for people in industry. What about um, some of the conversations you had? So we were um, there with the booth and we were sponsors of the event. Um, What are some of the stories that you heard about how cloud is being applied? So one of the most uh, interesting one I heard was uh, was during the presentation on machine learning. You can tell it's my uh, new favorite hobby. Um, and that was this uh, tool they called uh, AutoML. And this allows uh, an individual company to load up uh, images. Uh, in this case, it was domain. Uh, they, they had this use case where people were uploading images of various properties, but they never actually said whether it was the bathroom or the bedroom or the kitchen. Um, so what they said is this, this was causing problems for their users who just wanted to see lots of bathrooms. Um, and so what they actually use AutoML to upload a set of bathroom photographs, um, which meant that anytime the cloud uh, received an, an image that was of a bathroom, it would correctly label it. And it made the whole user experience on their website so much better. And they were saying they were getting nearly 33% uptake in their uh, usage and the um, and the fact that people were clicking through an awful lot more. That's an amazing uh, increase. Yeah, and I think uh, if I remember correctly, their goal was to be able to link the floor plans to the photos and basically give people a better understanding of of what the the room actually looked like. Yeah, and they they also went into uh, some of the downsides, which was good that the um, you had to have a, a a large enough spread of images to get them correct, and also when you oh, when someone uploaded an image of an empty room, they had this idea of well. How do we know? How do you? How can you tell if this is a, a, a bathroom or a bedroom is completely empty? Um, which was very interesting. It was an interesting uh, model that they were going through. 
probably the most exciting session that I saw, and this is not to do with spatial technology, but the Iconic, which is an online sort of fashion retailer where you can buy shoes and umbrellas and coats and whatnot. They had um, basically worked out they had a problem that the marketing team needed instant access to information from the website. So I sent out an email to 100,000 people. How many people have actually clicked through from that email and bought something? If I've got a supplier asking questions, why aren't my sales going up? I've expected this many um, number of sales from my promotion with you, which I'm paying for. Um, Why is that happening and how can we change it? So they've essentially set up a few of the Google Cloud platform products in a a, um, sequence, which allows them to see instantly what are the results of their sales promotions and should we continue with this should we change it should we modify it so um, we can have a better result today not tomorrow but right now that was probably the most uh, exciting one that i saw yeah i mean there was there was an awful lot happening i mean even the um some of the security improvements i know this probably wouldn't be uh what you uh, initially uh would be interested in but for, for me it was it was amazing so they're they've they've linked the machine learning uh algorithms into their security monitoring so they can now they're able to pre- uh, preempt and learn from uh, as more and more uh, malware is floating around their network. They can actually pick that up and, and put it off into a safe location so it doesn't affect anyone even before you see it. And for me, as a bit of a security note, it was, uh, it was really interesting to see that innovative use of machine learning. Something that did blow my socks off when I saw it, and it might seem sort of uh, innocuous, uh, was Apogee. So I have read about this before, but it really got me excited because this does have real applications in the world of spatial. Absolutely. Uh, This is a great little tool. Um, Not little, actually, but uh, it's a great tool uh, which allows you to uh, open up your data and op- open up your system. So if you have a, a, a legacy application and you want to try and uh, make that, you want to make that out to customers, Apogee provides this layer uh, on the internet where you can define the interface that you want to provide to people. And then you basically connect your side of the network uh, to your legacy system. And it provides this ability to transform the data. Um, you can do things like metering of usage. It handles the security for you. Uh, it handles um, uh, quotas. Uh, it was excellent. It's a great tool. I mean, I can see some applications straight out of the block with um, open data sources where you know it might be hard for people to ingest them or use them um, in their applications. And if we can just make them more open, make it easier for people to download, understand, use this data. Um, That's a really fantastic door or a window on on some of these data sets. One of the other uh, items was uh, BigQuery, which is their... um uh, database technology. Uh, they've they've added this ability to they've make it uh, geospatial aware. So previously you could do like, really fast queries on petabyte scale data sets, uh, but now you can actually say uh, across a huge data set, uh, if I've got a point, give me every record that is within a thousand miles of this particular point, which is uh, really interesting for for on the geospatial side. All right, so we hear it a lot. Um, You know, you guys are getting into Google Cloud. Um, Why would I bother? I'm already on AWS or Azure. They're definitely the latest kid on the block, and they describe themselves as the challenger brand. Do you think that they're now at the point, Richard, where they could be included 
in the enterprise stack? Absolutely. Uh, for all of the services for AWS and uh, Azure, and in, I would almost include Google in this as well, is they've all got the basics now. They're basically, they do storage, they do uh, virtual machines, they do um, compute. So really for 80% of use cases, all of them will provide the functionality. All of them will integrate with each other. Uh, you could, there's plenty of technologies like Kubernetes, which was uh, which is outsourced by Google, is now fully available in AWS and Azure as well. So you open sourced by Google. Yeah, that's right. Um, so they were. So this is available. It's become it's becoming the industry standard for um, how you package up applications, and you can literally just lift and shift. You can have have one in AWS, one in Azure, and one in Google with absolutely no difference at all in how the application operates. So I can really see that. So it really comes down to the last twenty percent. So your your specific use case, your specific requirements, and with specific services that are required. So I would say for the majority of enterprises, uh, it's just as good, just as good as um, as the other providers, and it is just down to the last twenty percent. So it's really interesting with the messaging here um, that Google is essentially saying, "Hey, yeah, we are able to run enterprise stacks. We're opening up." the infrastructure and the software that we've been using to run Google for 20 years now, you know, and they say, if you think that you can't run something that you're doing on the same stack that YouTube is run on or Gmail, you know, let's have a chat because we're opening up all the same tools. It's all secure. You've got the, the largest private network in the world. Um, so that that's to me is, is really fascinating and it does, to me, lend itself to being trusted. Google seemed to me to be building like a walled garden almost um, when it comes to making it very easy for developers to stay within the ecosystem. All the system, all the services connect to each other. They make it really easy to pass information from one to the other. Um, what What are the outcomes of this approach? Um, well, I'd almost disagree with you on that one, Adam, because I, I think all of the all of the providers want people to use their platform. But I think what Google's doing a little bit more than the the other the competition is probably because they are the, the youngest uh, and they, they need they already know people are on the other platforms. They they're actually opening up themselves a lot more. So they they're using a technology called Stack Driver, which again is is open sourced. Um, which is the becoming one of the standard ways of logging the information across all of the various platforms, and that's a that's a really interesting way in which they can yeah people will get familiar with using their technology on their day to day basis in in Azure let's say and then but they can go to Google very easily and just see the results or their ingestion process um, for the the data is in another place. Again, equally, the um, uh, Google storage is open uh, to anyone. So you can have your data stored in uh, Google or in a, a big t- big query and then have a, an AWS um, uh, process which ingests that. So I wouldn't say it's a, a wall garden. I'd actually say um, they do have their own technologies, things like Flutter for mobile development. Um, they have specific services that are available, it's like like AutoML. But in general, I think they're pretty open. They they're actually uh, opening up their services uh, to bring people to them. And I think all the other providers will do the same. So maybe walled gardens, not the um, not the name. Maybe it's more like a garden comfort blanket. Comfort blanket. <laughs> it's where you want to be, just by desire. <laughs> 
Were there any other technologies that you saw um, discussed at the Cloud Summit that you think worth talking about? Um, one thing I suppose is uh, is TensorFlow. Uh, TensorFlow is uh, a open source. Uh, application which Google are using for uh, machine learning model building. It's quite complicated uh, to get into, but very interesting uh, in terms of its uh, ability and its its and its ease of use. Like so, it's a really good uh, entrance way into machine learning. They also uh, were highlighting a thing called a TPU which is a custom-built piece of hardware that they're providing, um, which will run TensorFlow on a chip. And the idea of that being is that, uh, obviously, if you have like a vision system and your, or even a location uh, system that you're doing that runs a model um, to either train or to return results, uh, you don't want all of that information going to the cloud processing in, in across a network, which may or may not be available on, let's say, a, a truck that's driving along the, the, the pavement um, in the outback. What you will find is these TPUs can actually work almost the cloud on a chip. And uh, I think it's a really interesting way of working. So you can do an awful lot of the work for machine learning uh, locally. And then when it reaches a connection point, it can upload a subset of the information to the cloud. So you don't need to have this idea of the cloud has to be connected in order for your uh, models to work. Well, the other thing as well is that the TPU can replace the GPU and it can be thousands of times faster. And I think Google actually invented this this TPU themselves. That's correct. Yep, that is correct. Um, they, they're definitely showcasing it. But the, the, main, the key thing is it's using a piece of software called TensorFlow Lite, which is like a cut-down version of the full... Uh, product um, and it's again it's targeted directly at that machine machine learning model building and machine learning um, process so the training process for those things all right awesome well um, let's before we finish off let's give some links to people who the, so they can follow up and even feel like they were there um, there are actually I'll start there are actually some videos available of some of the sessions online and you can't you can sign up and watch them uh, again so including things like the keynote and other things like that um, plus uh, one thing that I'll put a link to is there is some free training available for GCP so if you want to start looking into this, learning about it more yourself. Uh, there are some resources there, so I'll put them up. What about you, Richard? Uh, well, I'll, I'll put up links for um, for Apogee, of course, uh, for BigQuery and for TensorFlow um, and some of the AutoML um, uh, vision Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Richard, for joining us today on the podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, tell a friend or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. You've been listening to Location Matters, the podcast from NGIS covering the world of mapping and location technology. To find more episodes or to read our blog, check out our website, ngis.com.au.